Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by CAPTCHA for WP plugin from WPY Security that lets you easily integrate Google CAPTCHA on your clients' Woo shops. And Learn Dash Cloud, the perfect resource for builders who are looking for a powerful online course solution for new and existing clients. I will tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's move on into another Woo Dev chat with myself, Zach Carl, and guests Alan Schessler and Carol Ollinger. The whole conversation grew out of a tweet that Carl shared about supporting WordPress contributors. As a result, we got together and had a lively discussion about how the ecosystem can move to supporting those who contribute to WordPress. And we also shared some ideas how to grow this even more into something sustainable in the space. Hey, this is Zach Stepik here with another uh, Do the Woo Woo Dev Chat. I've got my regular uh, cohort in crime, Carl Alexander, here with me. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah, this one's going to be pretty cool. Um, we actually have Bob with us, which is rare. Bob, how are you? I'm good. Stepping into the danger zone here. This you is know, definitely so, the yeah. danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were on the highway. Now you're. Now you've <laughs> arrived. Yeah. So uh, I know, you know, this is going to be kind of a casual conversation today, just talking about uh, what am I, how am I kidding myself here? Um, it's not going to be casual. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation about supporting developers in the ecosystem. And uh, we have Elaine and we have Carol with us today. How are you both doing? Hey there. <laughs> Excited to be here in the, in the deaf chat. I'm like, should I consider a career change? <laughs> Thanks for having me. You can always consider a career change. It, it's not that hard. You know, you just get into the, <laughs> the code side of things. PHP is easy to learn. Just a couple of days. Good to know. You always have to start somewhere. It, there's nothing. You, you have no innate skill at anything. You have always have to start at zero. So it doesn't really matter. I have to learn marketing. I have to learn social media. You know, we all have to learn things. So I believe I I strongly believe that anybody can career change into programming if they so choose. Absolutely. Sure does. And I might know some people who could help here. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you, you have one. Yeah, you have one really close to you, right? Hi, everyone. I'm uh, very interested in seeing where this topic will take us. Uh, it's uh, uh, a discussion that's very it's it's a passion thing for me where I try to be as open as possible about sustainability and economics of open source. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to get into the depths of this topic. Now, I know that most, most people in the WordPress space know both of you, but why don't we do a quick intro for both of you just so that uh, maybe some of the store owners or other people that listen to uh, these have more of a background on where you're coming from. So um, I'm Alain Schlesser. I uh, have been involved in the WordPress space since 2014, I think. Um, did random other development before. I'm currently a software engineer. Uh, most people know me as the maintainer of WPCLI. 
uh, but I also do all sorts of other consulting and uh, open source work. And I do a lot of um, speaking at conferences as well, where I try to get more topics in about, yeah, uh, like sustainability and open source. Uh, I used to do uh, purely technical talks before, but um, I've since been pivoting more towards uh, more general and fundamental issues that we're facing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, my name is Carol Olinger, um, and I am involved with WordPress community since 2016 when I visited my first WordCamp, which was WordCamp Europe in Vienna. And I, since then, have been involved as um, a contributor, um, but I'm not a technical person, so it has mostly been uh, in WordCamp organization, um, yeah, as an organizer, as a volunteer, but also um, in terms of marketing activities. And I have been involved with uh, a few companies since then, professional-wise, also on the marketing side of things, like my latest gig was with XWP. And yeah, at the moment, I'm in a transitioning phase and there's going to be news <laughs> soon about that. And this is also a topic which is very, very dear to, to my heart because I have strong opinions on how we could support developers, but also non-developer contributors in this community monetarily, but also in different ways. So I'm looking forward to what we're going to be discussing today. Well, this all started with a tweet from Carl, as so many things do. Yeah, I don't know if it was just one tweet as more like a, a, a vomiting of tweets. Uh, it was definitely a thread. Yes, you you had <laughs> enough thread that I think you took the whole spool. Yeah, I, I definitely went on the high end for the, <laughs> the number of posts. Um, yeah, so I can I can describe a bit what the thread was about. So um, basically, the, the, the struggle that a lot of open source and WordPress computer contributors. So like the opening uh, statement basically of the, of the trend was that I've been contributing to WordPress on a very consistent basis since basically since I got involved, like in 20, 2008, sorry. Um, and that includes organizing work camps that includes organizing meetups that includes doing talks that includes a lot of non um, it, it's always been a very strong stance of WordCamp of WordPress central and to not have some sort of financial incentive to, to organizing these events. Um, the problem is that it, 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 they're very time consuming. Um, and I'm sure Alain too is in that, like we're talking like probably like in the four figures and not starting with a one uh, number of hours dedicated given for free. Um, and to be fair, I would do it all over again. But the problem that I was highlighting is that I'm now in a situation where I basically am trying to do more coding stuff Um open source coding work. And I've tried to find ways to make it sustainable because this is a new topic that has always been in the background, but is becoming more and more important because so much of 
the infrastructure of the internet today, not just WordPress, just the internet. Like we had the log4j issue um, last year. And now like, you know, if, uh, if especially most of the listeners are probably in the US, like the White House and everything is doing auditing now to figure out like what are their exposure to this? Because a lot of the, these issues come from basically a lot of the, the internet runs on software that's maintained by one person. Um, with no financial incentive to do so uh, or support. So it can be really tricky to do that. So that's kind of where I was going at. I was just saying that basically WordPress as a community that harps so much on open source really does a very poor job at this idea of sustaining open source. There's there's really the only thing is Matt's flagship uh, effort, which is... Uh, called Five for the Future, which basically is this idea that all the WordPress companies and agencies that that make a lot of money off WordPress should contribute workforce to the WordPress project itself. But the problem is that there's just a lot more. And I feel like, Carol, too, you can be very, like, you've organized WordCamp Europe a bunch of times. Like, like the, the amount of hours to organize a WordCamp is immense. Um and and there's all this uh, question. I'm I'm. This isn't even in the the freaking tread. But it's like there's continuity. There's like how to like train new people. There's like there's so much involved, and it's all done for free. And it's very time consuming. And it's hard to basically sustain yourself. So I was like basically I started a business now where I'm trying to basically f- make my work sustainable while keeping it mostly open source. And it's a struggle because I have to balance consulting work, all these other um, aspects. And it's hard to get anybody to really get themselves like involved financially in that because most of the time they're basically, it works two ways. One, they're either contributing to five to the future. So they feel that they've covered what they need to, or they feel well, there's five for the future and people are doing that. So there's no need to help anybody else in any other way. But that's really a huge problem because there's just a lot of open source work and tangential open source work. I was talking about PHP unit, but there's like the PHP foundation. I retweeted something like a couple of weeks ago, like the PHP foundation, like collective receives a fraction of the money that most of the other programming languages receives. And um, even though it does a disproportionate amount of lift on the internet, um, it receives a very small amount of of work. Uh, People were like, oh, why don't you do something like Rust where you have different editions of the language? It's because we need five programmers to be able to like do this full time. We don't just, we don't have enough funding to to do that. there's like no, there's just a lot of tooling inside WordPress too that doesn't receive help. There's there's people doing work around accessibility, around um, uh, inclusivity, and things like that that are also trying to find ways to make this sustainable. And I feel that there's a lot of effort. There's a lot more money in WordPress now, and I feel that a lot. It doesn't take a lot to sustain these people. There's it's it's the same problem that everywhere else like it's it's only a handful of people that are working on this stuff like it's not like you're you're not giving away 
like I'm working on the serverless stuff, like how to make WordPress work on Lambda. Alain does the CLI. Um, you know, you have like uh, the um, J, uh, not Jason. I'm forgetting his name. That that does the WP query uh, uh, query monitor. Um, there's just a lot of people doing a lot of work. John. Yeah, John. Thank you, John. Um, John, who's doing a lot of work for like that's the primary diagnostic tool for WordPress. Just a lot of work are done by like single individual. It wouldn't take a lot of work from to just from companies and things like that to just financially support these initiatives um, in a way. And things like WordCamp Europe, they're not small, right? No, they're not small. WordCamp Europe is is not small at all. This is a large event and an entire volunteer group running it. And a little a little way to compensate that involvement would be really helpful uh, because it does take a, an enormous amount of time. You know, just venue selection takes an enormous amount of time. And then you have coordinating everything else that goes into the event, coordinating hundreds of volunteers to help make sure everything goes smoothly. You know, you have leads across every team that's running the event to help make sure that all of this happens. And of course, these events don't happen without sponsors in the first place. So you have to have volunteers getting sponsors to give money to make the event happen. And they're not getting anything out of doing that, which is, mm. you know, it's fine in, in some instances, but when you reach a certain scale, there's just a lot of work happening. It's hard to balance. Like I, I, it's not to throw like central under the bus here. Like I think no, there's, not a, at all. there's an, there's an aspect to it, but the problem is like, like you said, like I've done speaker and sponsor. It's like literally like it's hundreds of hours each year um, to, to do all of that. Like we, Alain, Alain Kevin and I all speak at comp, at work camps. Like every time I do a new talk, it's a hundred hours to prepare it. Um, it's just, there's just a lot like it's, it's, and I've always been a proponent to at least have some sort of remuneration. I talk about it in the tread because it's funny because it, it was a debate. It's been a debate for a long time, but I was talking about the, the work camp, uh, Paris, like a long time ago where they got in trouble for paying for, for just, uh, trouble. transport, um, and, and, and things like that. But it's, it just, it helps a bit, you know, it's not going to, yeah. it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to replace your income, but it's just, it helps a bit and it makes it more financially sustainable because like, I feel like there's only so few of us too, because like I, I mentioned a, an art, a, a talk that I did at Pressnomics where I talk about a lot of privilege. Like I have a lot of privilege. I'm in a rent control apartment. I live in a, in a country where I don't have to worry about paying for healthcare or getting injured and having thousands of dollars and, and like all those things matter and they affect the ability of somebody being able to do this. They're, they're barriers. And that gets talked a lot about, like, it's hard to tell people, Oh, you should just contribute. It's so easy. It's like, no, it's not easy. Like if you have to, if, if your base income is several thousand dollars, it's because you have like health insurance, you have a chronic disease, you have something like that. Like it, it just, it all adds up. So obviously like it's not inclusive, it's not inclusive and it's, and there's a lot of barrier to entry. So it's just, 
all these things, I didn't even mention them all because I could like that tread would have been like 200 posts long uh, if I talked about every aspect of it. But those are all aspects that that affect this. And it all starts with the financial stuff. Like people were like, how can we help? It was like, it's 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 money. Like it's it's always going to be money because it's the same thing with like if, with uh, nonprofits and things like that. They're like, how can I help you the best? Like give us money. Like we know how to use the money better than you will ever figure it out. Like, so just let us figure it out. We'll, we'll be, you know, like we'll cherish it and be like responsible with it. But I mean, some, some nonprofits aren't, but like, it's still, there's still better place to use that, to deploy that money effectively than you are, than just giving me like, I don't know, like if you pay for travel, that's fine. But like in general, it's better if I just get money than than nothing else than something else exactly exactly well let's let's pause just for a minute here and get some other insight um does anybody else want to talk on what carl's been talking about here uh yeah so i uh, first of all i wanted to mention that oftentimes as soon as you uh get to the money topic uh, as soon as you mention the word money people tend to get uh, defensive about it and why is it always about money and uh, we're here for the open source and for the ideology and things like that. But I think uh, it's important um, to realize that it's not actually always about money, but it's always about cost. Uh-huh. And of all the different ways of paying a cost, you have your own time, you have your health, you have the time with your family all of these things are ways that people pay that cost. And of all of those, money is actually the best thing we have. It is just an exchange of trading one cost against another cost so that uh, you don't need to trade your own personal health to pay the cost of attending a WordCamp and doing a talk, for example, or trading uh, your sleep because you need to do 20-hour days to to get your talk ready because you still need to work full-time as well because, yeah, nobody else is taking care of that cost. So it is not about everyone wanting money, but it's about everyone wanting uh, the healthiest possible way of covering their cost. In the, in the most sustainable way of covering their costs. So it's all about cost in the end. And uh, when uh, when Carl mentions uh, all these 100 hours of preparing a talk and, and things like that, um, the thing is that uh, a lot of this time that, that you invest, um, it, it might be... Um, it might be relevant in in some form for your career advancement and and things like that. So oftentimes you hear the argument that while well, you get you get exposure uh, when when you talk at a WordCamp, uh, so you should be grateful that you're even getting to the stage. And uh, the the thing is that th- there's just no relation between that um, because that little bit of exposure that you're getting from from doing a talk at WordCamp WordCamps are not very professional events let's be honest about that it's the way it's not about paying people with money that do the work it's also about people not going there to spend money it's a it's a community event where people get together to to get hugs and and to build connections and it's not about uh, while on these larger events uh, while there are 
a lot of opportunities that are created and uh, a lot of contracts being the end result of the discussions. Uh, it is not that every single person that goes to a single WordCamp to give a talk then ends up with a high-paying job because of it. Uh, that's just not the reality. I'd, I'd actually want to just add a little thing to that. Um, as somebody that does a lot of articles on the talks, the articles will get... Even even if you went to like Next.js Conf, the, the exposure you're going to get from an article is 10x... 50x more than you would get from any talk that you'll ever give. Um, you're just really doing it for because you like it, because you want to go and and you like teaching and things like that. And th but the yeah, that's a that's always been a red earring. Like if somebody brings up that argument to me, like I feel like you've clearly never given a talk. Like it's a really good way to like to to single you out as somebody that's never given a talk because. It's it really the benefits come from everything else but the talk. Um, yeah, Carol, you can probably share a lot of insight from 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 the other uh, view of uh, organizing WordCamps, and um, I know we already had a lot of discussions about the different misconceptions that happen to be uh, common. Yeah, I think especially with with the flagship events that are meant to be regional, um, like which attract people, yeah, from all over the world, partly, uh, it's very difficult. So I have been on the sales and sponsors team for WordCamp Europe, and me and my team were responsible uh, for collecting one million euro, and. It was like the first big conference after the pandemic. I mean, not after the pandemic, we're still in the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like the first in-person event that was about to happen. So it wasn't that difficult in that case to to sell the packages because everybody, like all the, the, the companies, all the known suspects, they were eager to uh, be present at an in-person event again. And also... A lot of money was literally lying around because there haven't been events in the in the two past years before, so it wasn't that hard of a job. But um, that was an exceptional situation. So we're talking about a really big budget that has that had to be collected, and I'm seeing it very difficult for the upcoming events in the future to justify the amount of money that they are gonna have to collect from each and every sponsor because the packages are going to be more and more expensive and also the amount of costs to organize a WordCamp is going to be in Europe, in Asia, in the US on an increasing level. How will you justify an investment of 100K when you will have volunteers that are not event organizers, that have no clue about how to set up the booth in the best way And sponsors will show up with a 100k investment, um, being disappointed about the location of their booth, the setup of their booth, um, the turnaround in attendees uh, in the sponsor area. And I personally don't think that this is a burden that volunteer contributors and volunteer organizers should have to carry. And this is already happening. I saw it happening at WordCamp US. And um, yeah, I don't think that is sustainable. Personally, I think that the flagship events, a lot of the organization, 
should be outsourced. There should be a way of not placing this on the hats of either 20 organizers for WordCamp US or 75 at WordCamp Europe. It doesn't make sense. And the return on investment, because I like to speak about return on investment, this is not just about giving back. If we're talking about giving back, why do we give sponsors a booth at a WordCamp? If it was, if it is about giving back, there, there shouldn't be conversations about how well or how big or how great a booth is or not. I used to be so against sponsor booths when they started coming. Like I was just like, this goes against everything um, that I felt like WordPress was about. But I mean, again, that's kind of the growth towards more of a tech conferency environment that WordPress has been going. But yeah, I was like, I was like, this is not the spirit. Like you like you're giving back to help this event happen, but like it's this is not a marketing channel. Like uh yeah. Yeah, it used to be pushed back a lot on it. We are not there anymore. So I agree with you. This is this is one hundred percent against the initial idea of what WordPress events should look like. But we are not there anymore. We're talking about collecting 75k, 100k for flagship events. So there has to be something in return. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. So th- we should start talking about that. And I agree with what Alain said earlier. Like I feel still today, if as soon as you are, um, you're saying a thing about money or investment, it becomes weird. But we we and a lot of companies are making a lot of money out of WordPress. So this shouldn't be there shouldn't be a stigma about talking about how we can use it in the best way, which leads back to what Carl says. I think a good way would be to sponsor the people that are doing a big amount of important work and do not get anything in return. Yeah, I mean there's all you know, from an organizer to another, like there's a lot of st- structural problems too with it. Like I, for the, I've, I assume the flagship events work the same way, but uh, I don't know if they do, but like for regular work camps, technically you're not allowed to lead more than two. And then central is basically like, you must, you must divest yourself. But the problem with that then is like, it becomes a problem of continuity it becomes a problem of training. It pro- because like you have all these problems, like all this knowledge gets lost consistently, um, uh, unless you stick around. And uh, you know, like I like I'm. I'll be honest. Like I was kind of glad uh, COVID started because I like all my um, all the people that were everybody quit Montreal, and I was like, I'm gonna have to retrain an entire organizing team. I was like. This is insane, and and for free, and it was just like it's like you, I'm sorry, but like it's 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 insanity, and I think partially like uh, I mean this is a bit tangential to the to the topic at hand, but I think a lot of work camps are going to just never come back because of that because that knowledge is lost, and it's it's impossible to justify that that time commitment. Um, people are wiser to it. The, the environment's changed. There's so much more, like even between just like 2019 and 2022, the amount of money in WordPress is like insanely higher. Um, it's just, it's just ha- harder to justify that. Like I was talking about at uh, WordCamp US, like I'm just like, I, 
I think it'll end up being like some local work camps, but mostly the regional ones. I just have a hard time seeing it because yeah, like I, it's like almost if you're, you're running a professional conference, like a, like, you know, a, a professional for-profit conference, but for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're expected to, to just not make money, not charge, not be paid. And then, then after you can't even continue. So you're, you basically leave with that knowledge because there's no effort to do. Anyways, this is a completely, we could have another podcast just on that topic. Cause I, I think we could like, but that's, it's still tangential to the, the sustainability aspect. Like a lot of the people that do a lot of these works, like you, Alain, like a lot of people that are doing open source work are also doing talks are also organizing work camps. They're all doing so much. Um, and it's really hard to like sustain, like it's, you know, like I, I know I ain't worked, gets to work part time. Well, like I know I tried to get into XWP too, but like he gets to work part time too. Like it's like you, you, you have to find a place where you can work part time or something like that or find clients or things. It's just really, really hard to juggle all those well, things. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the kind of sponsorship style models that exist right now, right? So we have individual sponsorships or donations. That's one model that helps with uh, getting some funding to these projects and, and the people that run them. But uh, we also have corporate sponsored projects. So, you know, uh, things like the open source divisions of Tenup or XWP or any of the larger agencies, you know, uh, Web Dev Studios, they have people that are being paid to maintain these open source projects. And the company is giving that back uh, as part of their five for the future. And some cases 10 or 15. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are some, some companies that are putting a large amount of resourcing behind open source projects. Right. And we don't often hear about that because it's not really exposed um, at least not as clearly as it could be. Right. So, you know, I'm sure that there are more than a few people that have used uh, Elastic Press with Elastic Search that had no clue that Tedup built it other than the logo in the admin if they saw it. Right. Yeah. Um, Zach, let me chime in just a little bit here because I find this all very intriguing. Uh, Bob, time and, in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do have something to comment on what you just said because of what Do the Woo is going to be doing and just my train of thought there, but I'm going to just step back a bit. Um, what everyone's been talking about, I mean, I've been, you know, been around a long time too, but 2006 or so, I think. And I've given, you know, I've done talks, organized meetups, bird camps, given free workshops. And for me, most of it has worked well because it was part of my brand building. And there was, you know, there was a certain goal I had in place and I love doing it. You know, it just worked for me. And I was maybe what you might call privileged that I was able to do that. But I think the disconnect there is that I look at, you know, I look at Carl's thread. I look at a lot of different things going on. And for us that are in that kind of comfort level where we give and we can give freely and we know our limits and I can, you know, step back and other people that want to contribute, especially around contributing directly to core and stuff. 
there's that disconnect between somebody like me and I'm not talking about myself literally and understanding that piece of it because I get it. I look at, you know, I use WordPress all the time. I get in there and I'm just amazed. I use a free plugin. I'm amazed all this stuff. And I just, you know, I look at Carl and what he said and I think, how can I do something about it? You know, because I know like, not all financial, but the, it all centers around that. It's resources, you know, what resources can you give? And they all compile around something. Sometimes they end up at the dollar price point because, you know, time, whatever is money. So, yeah, it, it's a tough one. And I, I, I love hearing this. And I'm hoping that as we continue this talk, and we can talk quite a bit here. I don't care if we go beyond an hour. We'll make it whatever we need it to be. But... It is, you know, all these elements you pulled out so far and all these different pieces. And Carol's talking about the word camps, every one of them, you know, it has to be dealt with. And I think it is changing. It used to be taboo to even talk about sustainability. Like I remember even like even even in 2019, I don't remember ever hearing that much talk about sustainability. It just like came out like get up sponsor kind of like get that got that going. And then a lot of people started like just talking about it more and more. Because before it was kind of like the, you'd get pushback. You're like, well, can I get paid and stuff like that? But it wasn't it wasn't like this overall conceptual thing of like sustainability of of the of an ecosystem um, that like I feel that's new. Um, that's kind of why, like I started the tread and why I'm probably going to harp on it a lot more, because there's just like that's what I like. That's why I brought up PHP. Like it's like. PHP as a whole, as an ecosystem, is doing better to support other PHP work than we are about WordPress. But PHP compared to another language like JavaScript or something like that, it's not even the, in the same like league of of like financial support and things like that. Like, there's just a lot of work to do because it's not every project. Like, you brought a bunch of good points. Like, you shouldn't have to rely on brand building to even survive necessarily. You shouldn't have to rely on having what I'm trying to do, which have have a side like business that's tangential to like what I'm working on to like make it possible to do like there are some things that just don't work that way. Like I like if we think about a lot of the things that have moved like WordPress forward, like the like Ryan McHugh, like doing the REST API or or the WPCLI, like there's no like immediate like business opportunity to around WPCLI or the REST API, but they were still driven by one more or less one person. Like most of the, a lot of the work that happened, even Gutenberg is literally one person that started that. Like it's like one person. And I think people fail to realize sometimes that like some core, like, like moving forward, like even outside of WordPress, just in general, it's always like one person that drives it. Like, you know, like I'm not a big crypto fan, but it's still like Satoshi wrote the paper. And then like, it's like, it's usually one person that drives the initial thing and then it, it drives the wave, but it's like that person might be doing it for free for a long time, trying to just get it off the ground. And there's no like business incentive, business tangential way to support that. Um, it's like kind of a Pareto principle. Like it's like a 80, 20 situation. Like, um, so that's like also another aspect that I think is really important to not f- take for granted. Like there's usually a couple of people running these, uh, 
these little projects that a lot of people rely on. And it's not just like, it's like Sebastian with PHP unit. It's one person. And it, you know, and it's, and it's like literally the entire PHP ecosystem runs on this. And it's like, uh, you know, he gets supported. Like I'm sure like he has a side like consulting business. Like I think he's been fine for a long time, but I can imagine somebody in a, in a similar place where they're just like, they built something completely like foundational and then they're, they just don't have a business incentive around it. Like, you know, WPCLI is a good example of that. Like it's just, it's foundational at this point. A lot of hosting companies rely on it to do like internal work. That's why Bluehost, like for example, like supports it and stuff like that. They just rely on it. It's foundational. It doesn't have any tangential business aspect to sustain the developer working on it. It's not that the developer doesn't want to work on it. Like it's, it's just like, how do I make it work? Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. WPY Security, the brand behind WP Activity Log, also has you covered with CAPTCHA for WP plugin. This slick integration with the Google reCAPTCHA gives your clients an easy way to add CAPTCHA checks to their shops on the Woo checkout, registration, and account pages. And as a bonus, you can select where you want to add that CAPTCHA on the checkout page. So I suggest you head over to WPWhitesecurity.com and help your clients protect their Woo shops from fake registrations and orders the right way. If you're looking to build online courses into your next client project or even your own site, LearnDash is a perfect way to go. But LearnDash is more than that. It's now a resource for you as a site builder. LearnDash Cloud gives course creators an easier way to build online courses. The annual subscription includes hosting, domain name, automatic updates, and the full functionality of LearnDash. As a Woo developer or site builder, this gives you a powerful resource to recommend to both new and existing clients when you want to keep your focus on WooCommerce and building out shops, just send that DIYer course creator to LearnDash.com to find out more about their cloud services. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up with the last one of the last things Carl said um, about there's people that are for months and years like working alone on a project to get it started. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts about a co- the complete different scenario. So there is, um, there, there is, for example, the WordPress Performance Initiative, which started um, about a year ago or so, and which was like from the start supported and sponsored by companies behind it that are uh, pushing for uh, a better and improved performance within WordPress. And there there has been like a lot of conversations around that happening as well where the the community was like wondering is that good if there are some specific companies i mean we can name them there was there was google there's tenup there's xwp there's yoast who are and and others and also individual contributors who are involved in that project and i actually loved the idea that the companies were working together on something that would benefit 
the larger WordPress community, the open source project itself, and also interests that are uh, obvious for these companies. But why not? Again, return on investment. So what do you think about that? Like me specifically or just uh, all of us? Everybody. Everybody, but of course you too, Carl. Oh, I mean, I like it. I mean, I'm the biggest fan of the performance. Uh, if anything, I wish like WordPress Core hired Ollie, like the DBA. Like, I feel like WordPress Core and WooCommerce could hand could use like a, a actual on staff professional DBA to just like go through it and like help them like optimize queries, like optimize like a lot of the database stuff that's happening. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's key. It's just, it, it works as long as they're like, they're things like close enough to us, you know, like I couldn't get anybody to, I couldn't get any company hosting company to sponsor what I'm doing right now. Uh, even though it, it's only for, it's only going to have affect hosting companies in the long term, Uh, and it's like, there has to be a direct kind of incentive, but I do like it. Like I like anything that like increases that kind of collaboration. Like I would love to see something done like that, like on accessibility, um, like just get a whole bunch of companies and be like, yeah, like we have an accessibility team. They're funded. They're going to do the work um, and, and keep the project going uh, and accessible and things like that. Um like just constant work. Um, if we silo them and then they can choose how to like spend their money a bit more closely, then that's good. Like it's more options. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a good way to grow this idea is like to have different ways to contribute back where you can be like, well, I'm more excited about this and I'm more excited about that. But I think what needs to happen more is this idea that like, yes, like you should give financially back. Like I like, like I'm going to do that with my company eventually, like as I grow, like I want to give 5% back, like, you know, like, but like if you're a company that hire that, that has, let's say 200, 300 engineers, like you should be able to give like at least the, you know, 10, $20,000 a year. Like it's a fraction of an engineer's co- like salary and it goes for a lot. Like, it's just it it all those things matter so if you had like all the big companies doing that um it just adds up i understand that they're all giving like five for the future and they have developers and stuff like that but it's it's an ecosystem it's not just wordpress like you know like like there's a free rider you talk like matt loves the free rider problem but the free rider problem is not just wordpress core uh it's the entire, it's the entire freaking thing. If anything, like that's why there's been like, uh, there's tickets to like include more things into five to the future. And it should like being a work camp organizer, especially for the regional, like Asia, us, uh, Europe should definitely be in five for the future. Like, like there's no question about it. Like you're dead. It's, it's you, you can tell me, but like I mean, just for a regional work camp, like my, for my local work camp, it's like I it was four months. So I assume for you, it's at least half the year, if not like the whole year. Like it starts basically like 
you take two months off after like to, to wind down and you're like, let's go again. Like off we go. Like, and then, so it's almost like a full year job. Like for sure that should be in five for the future. And you need to maintain, like you need to maintain that knowledge. You need to maintain that expertise. It's, it's insane. If you were, if like, imagine you worked at a company and you're like, Oh yeah. In two years we're firing you. Yeah. Like, and then you you're leaving and we're, we're not, we don't need you to keep anything. Well, like you could, you can leave with all your knowledge, all your expertise. Like that's insane. It's like pure insanity. Like, um, that's really how you have to think about it because it's institutional knowledge. And you, when you have like institutional knowledge that leaves like that, it hurts. That's like what the number one reason, like I, like before I was in WordPress, I managed developers and you're better off giving them a, I mean, it goes against everything. Like you have to always fight management around this, but you're better off giving them a raise than having them leave, like rehiring somebody, all the knowledge you lose, it's priceless. And we, we've done that for so long. And it's like, it's especially critical for the large work camps. Like, I mean, the local ones, yeah. they die on the vine and that's it. But like, uh, I don't think central can afford to be like, Oh yeah. Like, no, like we, we're going to lose like half our team of like, we're, we're camp Europe. Like we'll be fine. It's like, no, you're not going to be fine. <laughs> you should like make sure that these people are satisfied that they're happy to work. Like it's okay to have some, some, uh, some turnaround on the the staff, but it's, it's really like, it's critical. Like it's, it's critical and it needs to be expanded. And, or at least, I mean, I, I can see behind some uh, reasons why they want to have more turnout, but then at least you have to make sure that it's proper documentation because that's a, a huge pain point for, for WordCamp Europe, at least, uh, I think it's a pain point for everyone. If I have to bet, if I have to bet, I don't think any work camp has that solved. And if Europe doesn't have it solved, then I, I don't think US has it solved because I think Europe was the first one, and you're way more ahead. Yeah, so maybe there's a way in the future to have documentation team involved into that for work camp organization as well. So a team that has seen very little support until recently. So I'm really, really happy to see that. Uh, this team uh, is going to have like more support and more traction already now and in the future. But yeah, we should make sure that the knowledge stays in some way if people have to leave. Yeah. I mean, that would be another good one to sponsor, like documentation, like accessibility tutorials, like like developer onboarding, all that stuff. Like there's so much you can do um, and you could definitely like fund a theme like the performance team just around that i think like without a question i think that would be like a really you love roi i think that would be a very high, high roi uh investment because like that's where it's going like that's the number one complaint now is like oh wordpress is not as easy to get into as it used to be and how do we make that like more easy to get into it's like documentation is the number one thing like wordpress used to have amazing documentation but everybody's utter documentation game like kind of like went up and ours kind of like didn't really follow like where everybody else went like in terms of like the quality like um tutorials and all that stuff that you have around that so yeah 100 we were talking about other teams to fund documentation there's cookies there's cookies i heard rumors uh, everybody that contributes to documentation will get cookie rewards <laughs> 
That's great. I mean, that's that's definitely compensation right there. So you wanted to bring up uh, GitHub sponsor. Yeah, I wanted to go back to supporting contributors, touch on the GitHub thing, because you mentioned it, Carl. And I know Alana has some experience with it as well. So you can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing over on GitHub and maybe a little bit of the backstory? Yeah, so uh, let me just... Uh give a bit of context before uh, talking directly about GitHub sponsors. Uh, so when I started uh, development, I tried to do as much open source as I could, but that usually meant uh, I took on client projects where I, th- I saw a huge uh, value in making reusable parts of the code. And then I clarified with the client that whatever I would build, that I could build part of it as open source work. That was how I initially created open source work when I started professional development. Um, Right now, I'm in a very lucky situation where I make several models uh, of um, sponsorship working uh, for me. So first of all, um, there's WPCLI, where there are six hosting companies that are sponsoring um, the ongoing maintenance of WPCLI that um, that basically ensures that I can stick around, provide the continuity and the, the boring chores that are needed to just keep the project running. Because it's always easy to find people that are passionate about this one little thing, they, this one little feature they want to add. Um, but maintaining a project actually requires a lot of very boring, very repetitive work. And that's usually where a lot of projects uh, get stuck. So they, they start with the initial uh, um, initial love phase of the project where, where you get to build all the fun things. But then as the project matures, uh, there's less fun and more support and maintenance and, and things like that. So this this sponsorship actually takes care of that, uh, which is really great. But that is only happening because WPCLI managed to achieve uh, the critical mass that was required on its own through free contributions already to become a critical uh, infrastructure, critical tool for the entire ecosystem. And only after it had been that was there sponsors that were uh, willing to, to just send money uh, along the way without requiring direct, uh, direct return on investment because all of them, they make heavy use of WPSLI and their business relies on WPSLI keeping keep chugging along. So um, that's uh, that was only achieved because WPSLI already had this critical momentum. Um, then um, there's another model that works for a lot of people. Um, I uh, work with XWP. And as part of my work, I get to spend uh, a, a part of my time uh, giving back to WordPress through through the Five for the Future pro- project, and right now I'm um, I'm working on the requests library um, through that program. And just as an example, the requests library is not a very critical piece of the puzzle of the WordPress puzzle. It is the HTTP, HTTP abstraction stack that is that WordPress is using, very security relevant, very critical piece of software. It was initially 
um, built by Ryan McHugh. But after he didn't find the time anymore to maintain it, there was just nothing happening with it anymore. There was no one willing to 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 help out with maintenance and so on. And um, we recently did a few releases to push security fixes, but up till up, up to that point, my performance fix too. I had a I found it like a huge performance bug too. Like yeah, like and up to that point, there was no release since 2016 because nobody bothered about it. Because even though it was critically important, um, it was not something that 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 was fun for people to work on. So. Uh, Projects like these, uh, they are hard to, to find people to spend time with them if you don't actually pay for their time. Um, then there's there's other approaches like, for example, GitHub sponsors. So I personally, I, I have a GitHub sponsors account, but I never even uh, advertised that fact. Uh, I had plans around it with a different type of software I wanted to work on, but I still haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I only have a handful of sponsors, I think. Um, it's great to see that people care about this type of thing. And it's uh, for me, it's less about the money I get and more about actually feeling that I'm supported in the open source community. Uh, that, is, that is a big thing uh, because it makes it much easier for me to motivate motivate myself to work on something if I know that People not only rely on it, but they also appreciate uh, what I'm doing. And even if you only have sponsorships on, on GitHub, sponsors like uh, $5 per month or things like that, it's not about the amount. It's about uh, the appreciation and uh, the um, just the, the common care that, uh, that you get a sense of that, uh, that is very important. And um, for GitHub sponsors, for example... Uh, there are a few people that um, that make very good use of it because you can, for example, do things like create a repository that is only accessible to people that are sponsoring you via, via GitHub sponsors. So um, GitHub has extended it so that there's functionality to make it more valuable so that you actually have something people get more if they sponsor you. So that's very interesting. Um Another model that uh, I also dabbled with, and um, that brings me back to the P- larger PHP ecosystem and how uh, unbelievable it is uh, how some people keep investing in that system and get almost nothing back. Uh, I uh, was approached by uh, Derek Rettans uh, because he knew that uh, what I was doing with WPCLI, and he's the maintainer of Xdebug. Um, that is a fundamental tool in the PHP ecosystem. It's what you use to debug your code. And uh, it's being used by other systems as well, like code coverage and, and things like that, profiling. And um, he uh, was having trouble because uh, he wanted to invest more of his time into Xdebug, but it was re- it was really hard to figure out how to actually get some of the money that was generated by the work he was doing to, to get back to him so that he was able to afford the time. And what he's doing right now, for example, he is uh, he created a Patreon account and he is pushing updates and um, extra information through his Patreon account for, for Patreons that support him on that platform. So there are these different types of models that can work, but 
all of them, they have in common that you need to put in the work first. You need to prove yourself uh, for a sustained amount of time to reach critical mass before people think that it is worthwhile to support you. Um, there's so many people that, that create random code. Of course, it makes sense that uh, you need to somehow prove your value before they uh, buy into your product, your offering. But what we're talking here is not that people create something to sell or so. What we're talking about here is people joining the common effort to keep something working, something as important as WordPress. And in that regard, we somehow need to get away from this, yeah, only people who have a 15-year track record uh, will actually get sponsorships. We need to um, get a, a cultural shift um, where, uh, where it's just that we have more than enough money in the entire space to make this thing work correctly. And why is it that this money is currently being distributed in such a way that people who, doing, who are doing the work, they, they burn out and the money ends up buying pens and T-shirts and stuff like that? So there, there's a disconnect there. And I think it has a lot to do with, with the WordPress culture, for example. Um, Carl mentioned in the JavaScript space, for example, that that money flows very differently there. And in the JavaScript uh, space, um, most people enter that space for purely monetary reasons. They go to a boot camp to learn development for six months, and then they build a career on top of that. And um, they, from the start, they expect that they need to be able to have a living wage while they work in that space. So the entire um, the entire culture around that is different. In the WordPress space, um, people misunderstand what free software means. Um, they they think it's free like beer, and yes, it's also free like beer, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost anything to to create it and to run it and to maintain it. And people get the wrong idea about that. Everything in WordPress is too cheap. Everything in in WordPress is undervalued uh, in both its monetary value and also how people appreciate it. People come with the weirdest ideas when you, when you look at the support forums for all these free plugins that do wonderful things. Um, the support forums, it's sometimes really hard to just read through it, uh, how some people just go in there with very weird expectations of what some... Uh, some volunteer developer is supposed to offer you when you use their product for free. Uh, so there's a lot of entitlement uh, that immediately sips through and when you read through these forums. And we need uh, a cultural shift to get away from that. And there are models to make that work, but I don't think the models are what is missing in the WordPress space. I, I think it's... Um, an open conversation about cost and money, about sustainability, about the economics of open source is what is needed and slowly shifting away from from our, uh, everything that's not free is too expensive mentality that we currently have going. Yeah, I agree. I just looked up Derek because I, I didn't know about that. And it's like 
He has 150 sponsors. He has a goal of making $2,500 a month. He's only halfway there. Yeah. To just give you an idea of like the scale mm-hmm. um, of of contribution, because most people are just going to give you. I mean, I think there's a marketing aspect. Like this is where I, I have a bit more business savvy. Like don't put three, five, seven dollar like increments. Like put one small one and then um, some higher ones. But and his Patreon has the same problem. It's 170 people on his Patreon. And it's like, it's still not enough. Uh, and yeah, Xdebug's huge. Like, I, I think most developers that are listening to it use Xdebug in some capacity. Um, and he's just literally trying to basically survive, you know, and work on that. Like, he loves his thing. He just wants to, you know, and it's clearly useful. I think there's a, there's a challenge to, like, you know, I'm in that boat right now. Like I, I rely a bit more on my brand because like what I'm building is kind of new and like untested and everything, but it's, it's, it's tricky. Basically there's no, like it's, there's no clear way. Like it's not because you don't have a brand or you're like trying something new that you shouldn't get some contribution. It's just how to build that is tricky. Like it involves marketing. Like I think of like Caleb and like who does live wire with Laravel. Like there's just a lot of marketing involved to it with it. Um, and not everybody's good at marketing. And it's just like, it's, some people just need to be supported. And like those ones, like, at least damn, like their track record should at least show something. Like it's like Derek, like with the X debug and stuff like that. It's not like, I mean, I started in 20 on um, 2008. And, um, and X debug existed then, you know, it's just like, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a new piece of software, but it's the same problem with PHP, with PHP unit. It's just, um, and I agree. It's, it's a mindset shift. Like that's why, like, I'm trying to like, I'm going to do it next week. I mean, I only have 20 subscribers, but I was like, basically I'm going to give 5% uh, I'm going to get 5% back to, um, to open source or, or it, like basically every 20th subscription is going to get, uh, that because I'm just like, I have to basically bake it in. Like I have to bake it into the, this idea of like, I give 5% to Stripe climate and I give 5% back to, to open source initiatives. And then it'll be baked into the, the, the company and then that's it. But we need more of that. We have no, more. We need more people that are like, okay, yes, like there's five for the future, but like, what am I doing to support like a lot of the stuff around me? Like, it's good to promote. It's good to like share all these things and matter. But at some point, like, you need some money, like um, more than ever. Like, it's just the the time commitment's going up, and the financial side's not following. Yeah, yeah. Most of these. Um most of these tools like Xdebug, for example, or PHP Unit, they are being cross-financed by some other uh, thing. In, in, uh, with PHP Unit, it is a consulting business. With Xdebug, for a long time, uh, Derek was working for MongoDB, and they just allowed him to spend some of his time that he was working on MongoDB to work on Xdebug, which is not even really related. It was just that his company was interested in his expertise and yeah that that was valuable for them even though they didn't have a direct return on investment 
but pretty much everyone that uses X, Xdebug doesn't actually give anything back. So uh, it's it's really weird how how um, how good these um, these relationships are sometimes with open source projects like that. Yeah, it's really interesting because. Now there there is a solution here I think that's pretty simple and that is for us to get the message out to the end users the people who are using these projects that if you love the work that somebody's doing see if they have a donation link go look see if they have a support link see if they have a way that you can support them if you're using their work and it's making you money especially give them some yeah, I think that's the important aspect is the making money because I feel like too much of the stuff is just like guilt individuals um, and really like, look, you're automatic, you're GoDaddy, you're WP Engine, you're 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 making like a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, it's really not a. It's it's a trivial. Like I know you guys. I go to all your parties. I can guarantee you that you could spend pretty much the equivalent of one party to give back to con- to open source instead of like marketing expense. And it would like probably not even freaking do that much of a dent on, on budget. And that would be a tremendous amount of money. Like if all the big hosting companies did that, we're probably talking like close to a million dollars that we can give back to like I'm throwing numbers like that, but like, I'm just saying like, it's just, that's why I'm trying to bake it into my freaking company that I'm building because I'm just like, I'm going to start from the beginning doing that. But it's, it's, it's a really, it's not a, for how critical a lot of these things are, it's really not a lot. Um, it's less than an engine. It's like an engineer's salary. Uh, let me make sure that I got that right. Call you actually advocated for fewer parties. <laughs> I, I didn't. Correctly. I don't think I actually heard that right either. No. No. I mean, I just probably just got myself cut off from all the parties. They're like, "Oh, Carl, you think, you think we spend that much on party? You can't come. You're half our alcohol bill anyway, so we don't care." This is, you know, this is a really important topic and one that I think we could really dig into even deeper than we already have. I want to try and, as a community, figure this out. Right. How do we make it so that people who are contributing to the community in a way that is making other people money can get something back out of that contribution? Right now, it requires you know, the kindness of strangers, really, in order for there to be that channel. And I don't know if there's a solve for this you know that's not not a simple one it's um zach i'll I'll just add in here before we kind of close this out too is that uh, and i i can't i can't give away a lot of it but that um moving into this next phase of do the woo we got a um a big investment going in to the community the podcast is about half of what Do The Woo will be doing. The other half is looking at this. And and you said it is a challenge. And I think one of the things that I've learned as I've listened to a lot of people, and I don't talk a lot, I listen, which often helps quite a bit, is that there's, like you said, there's monies out there. 
Carl mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, companies have it. And I, I work with a lot of sponsors. We have quite a few sponsors here. We have 16 sponsors. And a lot of these companies, especially the new companies that are coming into space, don't really know where to put their money. They want to support it. And they're still trying to understand the ecosystem. And sometimes I think there's a, a chance there to build a different, uh, how do you want to say, mindset where we are going to start being more of a conduit of some of their monies and some other people that are trying this same effort and actually financially putting some money back in. So do the we will be putting money back in um, come next year. And we, we have it set for um, a pretty high standard through our sponsors. And I think that there's, it's going to be an education process. And I hope through this that, we, I don't, I'm not going to say lead the way because it's too lofty of a goal, but we can open some eyes and maybe show that there are ways to do this and that sometimes I think people need to be a little bit pushed and guided towards those ways. And I think this conversation has been a huge piece of it. You know, there's a lot more to be said but I'm I'm pretty excited about what we're going to be doing, and it'll come apparent more as we get into it. But um, I just kind of wanted to throw that in before we close out. That's really awesome, and I'm I'm excited to see what's coming and all of the things that'll be happening through Do the Woo in the new year. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm just happy to be here and be a part of it. Uh, one of the one of the recent conversations that happened that uh, might be kind of apropos here is uh, Jonathan Wold started a conversation about creating a WordPress guild, right? And, And what that would mean and what a guild even is, because this is kind of a term that's, you know, its meaning as a whole has kind of been lost over time, right? The, the true depth of what a guild did has been lost over time. And he took a really deep dive into some, you know, historical books and really understanding what, what a guild did to, to support tradesmen at at the, in the past. And it's how do we make this ecosystem? Because we are an ecosystem of ecosystems, right? Our entire industry in the WordPress space is an ecosystem of ecosystems that interact, that, that support each other. How do we add some some semblance of order to all of that, right? How do we ensure that nobody gets left out in in the process of uh, of making that all happen? So, really interesting discussions and things that I think are going to um, transform our landscape in the WordPress space and in open source overall as time goes on, as we still are learning how to properly support these projects. So with that being said, I want to just give everybody, uh, all of our guests here a moment for a last word. Um, yeah, I, uh, I would like to say I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk about this topic. I think it's a very important one and I hope that this will, will trigger some further, further discussions and, and, um, tie more people into the discussion uh, from here on. And um, just a, a quick note, uh, 
something that that you triggered uh, in, in my thoughts now with uh, with the term of uh, WordPress Guild. Um, Heather Burns, uh, a very uh, wonderful uh, person that was involved in the WordPress space for a long time, but since then has moved uh, on, um, has been advocating for a long time for the WordPress folks and the web worker folks to actually get together and properly represent their own industry, uh, politically speaking. Uh, because that is not really the case. So for a lot of industries, for a lot of professions, you have associations, you have regulations and things like that. And that doesn't really exist for the space that we work in. Um, that means we don't have the same protection than, uh, than other pro uh, professions. We don't have the same impact in politics like other professions. And given that uh, we make up a large percentage of the active working population, it would make sense to finally figure out a way of um, professionalizing our profession in the end. Uh, so just um, just to put that out there as well, uh, because I was now reminded of that when you were talking about uh, a WordPress guild. That's awesome. Carol? Yeah, I would be very interested in uh, having conversations with Bob because I was like really listening closely to what the new plans are for the Do the Woo uh, project in the future. And like also, um, yeah, supporting contributions uh, with sponsor money that has been collected. I would very much like to talk about how can we support uh, new and already existing sponsors. Uh, and create sustainable sponsorships besides uh, sustainable contributions. Because in the end, we need those sponsors and we need the sponsorships and the money coming from these companies so we can uh, support sustainable contributions eventually. And how can we do that? Like me as a work, me as a work camp organizer, I've seen situations where um, new sponsors have been showing up and uh, this could have been local word camps or regional word camps and nobody was actually there to support them uh, on how they can um, showcase their brand and create positive brand awareness during, uh, during, during a WordPress event because they have never been to WordPress events and they don't know much about this community. And of course, there's a handbook and uh, organizers usually refer to the handbook. But I think there's much more that we can do and like take them by the hand and show them like, okay, this is our community. These are our values. These are the do's and don'ts. And this is how you can create a great event um, for yourself, for your brand. Um, yeah, starting uh, finding your way within the community in, in the best possible way. Because we want those companies to stick around. And this is not only true for WordCamps. This is true for, for a whole ecosphere. Like, it's important to help uh, sponsors creating sustainable sponsorships and also according to their KPIs uh, in, in, in terms of return on investment. Um, yeah. So this is something I'm open to talk Um to everybody, like not only Bob, but you can find me on Twitter under my name, uh, Carol Olinger. 
And this would be some type of contribution to the community. I would very interested, I would be very interested myself in diving into in the future, like um, helping helping our community getting better in creating sustainable sponsorships. So eventually they will lead to sustainable contributions. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carol, for that. And, uh, you know, I think um, this is, like I said, it's a really important topic. We're going to have to come back to it in, you know, six months or uh, a year or once Bob rolls out his changes next year and we start to be able to talk about some of that. I think this is something that we should uh, we should come back to and really uh, explore again in the near future. So, uh, Bob, we'll uh, we'll talk about getting this back on the calendar uh, in an appropriate time, uh, and we'd love to have you back uh, as we start to roll some of this stuff out, just to discuss uh, you know community impact and and what it's what it's going to do overall for everybody. So I think that would be great. Uh, thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Carl, as always, for uh, being an amazing co-host and having opinions that drive the conversation forward. Um, Vomiting words, both literally and, you know, vocally, I guess. Both literally and figuratively, <laughs> yes, at, at all times. Um, at all times. And that's part of what we love about you, man. Um, and then, Bob, thank you for actually joining us this time on a WooDev chat. It's nice to see you uh, here with us. I would like to take most credit for just that. That, to me, is the largest achievement <laughs> of this episode, is we actually got Bob to, to join an episode. Yeah, Bob's so not hiding I, in the I would like to thank me. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> I would like to thank the Academy for this uh, this opportunity to get a Bob onto the show uh, after multiple attempts, I've managed, I've managed the impossible. So I'd like to thank you and thank you. Yeah. Something off your bucket list. So that's good. Yeah. We, we have a lot of uh, Bob bucket list items that we need to take care of over time. Um, and this is one of them. So awesome. Well, uh, it's been great having all of you. We, we will be back next month with, uh, well, are, are we back next month with a do the woo, uh, dev, a, a woo dev chat? No, there no, won't be. So there January won't be one next month. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're coming January. up on some, you know, things. So uh, Bob's got some uh, some big life changes. We've got do the woo changes coming, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have more about all of that on the do the woo website and through the podcast in the near future. So. We will see you all uh, in the new year for a new dev chat. Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Captcha for WP plugin is a great way to easily integrate Google Captcha for added security on your client's Woo shop. Just visit WPWhitesecurity.com. And remember to send your clients to learndash.com for their powerful cloud services when you need to recommend an all-in-one learning management system solution. Stay in touch with us at DoTheWoo at DoTheWoo.io or your favorite pod app. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.